There's a place. Out where the fake news is muffled. Past the point where politicians get silent. Where facts don't care about your feelings. Where PC is DOA. This is that place. Welcome to the last stop on the right. As Sam Adams remarked to Princess Anastasia Romanov, when Vladislav Tretiak completed the first quadruple axle in competition, <laughs> the last pod, the last pod is the best pod, yo. I have to ask, who the hell is the Vladislav? Vladislav Tretiak, the yeah. great one of the probably two or three greatest hockey goalies in the history of the sport. Remember, he, <laughs> he was the guy in the net for the Russians back when they just dominated him in international competition. He's the guy that got pulled during the Miracle on Ice game. Oh. And uh, not pulled because they put six skaters on the ice, pulled because they were like, how is this guy getting shelled? Right. This is this is Trediak. This is the the brick wall of Olympic hockey. So there, we had a little, okay. bit, a little bit of a Russian theme for you. I'm sure probably somewhere right now, there's a liberal out there who heard that and goes, I knew they were all Russian agents. But here we are, my friends, at the last pod on the right, at laststopontheright.com, and through our good friends at... America's Podcast Network. This is KLRN Radio. I am Ben Crystal. He. <laughs> I am Mike Gable. I am Ben Crystal, and you're listening to Loveline mm-hmm. on the last pod on the right. We have a lot in store for you today. I I, I got to tell you, dude, I, this week for me has just been just gar- this is one of the, this was a garbage week. You ever have one of those weeks where you're like, God, this cannot end fast enough. It was a setup. The whole week. The whole damn week. I didn't even get my hairstyle. (laughs) Didn't even, I couldn't even get a new do this Uh, week. It was all a setup. Uh, It was just one of those weeks that you're like, oh, will this never end? And you finally get to the weekend and you're so beat down by the week that you can't even really enjoy it. (laughs) Like, we finally have college football back. I mean, granted, it's. You know, Marshall and Southwest Central, Central Kentucky Arkansas State or, or something like that. Uh, I don't even remember. No, they're playing in not Eastern uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. Kentucky. Not Western Kentucky. Eastern. You know as a, as a Sunbelt Conference member, and if you live in South Georgia, you know who they are because they play Georgia, Georgia Southern, Southern every year. Yep. But no, Eastern Kentucky, which I don't know. They may be an FCS team. I don't even know. I don't even care. Oh no! It's I was like, well, it's on, so I'm watching it. They and had, there, and there are people in the stands. Yes, there are too. people in the stands. They're granted, they're at Marshall, which you know, for a smaller program, has a solid fan base. There, of course, that's a famous program, right? And fame will do that for you. The nature of their fame is, of course, rather unfortunate story. Everybody knows the Marshall football story, but there's no question that people have a sentimental attachment to that program. I don't begrudge them that. Huh. You know, I mean, that's not like they're ever going to be out there going, man, it's going to be, it's either going to be Marshall, Clemson, or Alabama this year. I mean, it's not, even when Marshall had that stretch in the early 2000s when they were just like awesome. Right. They were still awesome in the Mac, you know. <laughs> it's like, kinda, man, they put a whooping on Toledo. <laughs> kind of Central Florida-esque. Yeah, kind of like, uh, we have a good friend of ours that actually refers ref, refuses to acknowledge Central Florida as a college. He calls them Disney U. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And he has nothing positive to say about them. Uh, he, it angers him. They're whole like, we're the national champs that a couple years ago. No, he's like, not. no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you had played the national champs, they would have thrown you off the roof <laughs> of the stadium. 
<laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, Marshall may go undefeated, but nobody ever went, yeah, we should give them a first place vote because they laid a smackdown on the on the Akron Zips. Exactly. <laughs> but it's back, man. We had our fantasy football draft this week. We did. We did. By the way, to, uh, I got to throw this out to the hog, man, because I know he's listening here. And you can do that as well. Check out our website at laststopontheright.com is our website and uh, we've got all kinds of cool stuff in there and you can email us through then a hog is is regular about emailing us through the site and he's like okay I admit it Rodgers has lost a step and I'm like ooh you know when the Packer fans are acknowledging that they're Q, they're QB1 I don't even know who their QB2 is it's I have that, no idea who their probably, backup it's is it's that kid they drafted what kid that they uh, drafted um, my, uh, love in his, oh, the kid from Utah State yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, listen. They took him mighty early. He, <laughs> they may have known something. Hey, uh, Hog may actually know this. Hog may be aware. Because, you know, the Packer fans, they're crazy about their team. Not that I begrudge them that. Right. But, uh, you know, when... I don't know if the hog has a share, but uh, if he does, hey, man, if you want to send it here for safekeeping, you're not going to hear, hear me complain. <laughs> I'll make sure it's well taken care of. I'll, I'll pass. Uh, but yeah, we had our fantasy football draft this week. I am super, and I said last week that I wasn't going to do tips until after our draft because I didn't want to give away my strategy. I got exactly the team I wanted. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I wanted but, Kyler Murray. Didn't didn't Yahoo say you suck? Yeah, Yahoo. But they said that last year I went thirteen and two and won the title. It's true. And uh, uh, they were like, "Yeah, your draft last year." They were like, "It was a D or something." <laughs> And I was like, I got, you, man, I got a C plus. And they said, you're going to go two and 13. That's this what year. they're saying like, to me. I was like, how the hell do I get a C plus and go two and 13? This just in Yahoo's fantasy football metrics are garbage. <laughs> With the, as far as the draft goes, they're yes. always wrong. Though. And they're, they're, uh, their yes. predictions never, if you're not a fantasy football player, wow, this, this five minutes of the show, it just has to suck for you, but it'll be over soon. Uh, their, their, their projections never match the little articles that they do on each player each week. And it's like the the board will say this guy's going to score probably ten fantasy points, but then you when you read the little bio about him, they're actually predicting him at like eleven five. And I'm like, what the, how does this not? Right. How do you guys not notice that you're doing this? Yep. Also, for some reason, Yahoo's fantasy app decided like ten years ago that I live in the Pacific time <laughs> yeah, zone yeah. and will not change no matter what I do. They're like, yep. nope, you're in the Pacific, and it constantly so, confuses me. So our draft was at five p.m. <laughs> Uh, was it mountain time zone or no western time zone Pacific, yeah because uh, <laughs> like, and it throws me i almost was like let me make sure i show up on time yeah. but i tell you so anyway f- football is back now those of you who are not regular or are new listeners to the last pot on the right don't worry all the uh the usual garbage is just moments away but you should be advised we love football i am not one of those and you're not either i don't think one of those conservatives who's like i you know, as long as they're taking knees, I'm not watching. Well, I don't give a damn what they do because make well, snow as- angels in the AstroTurf. <laughs> I don't give a crap if you're on my fantasy team, score points. If you're on my favorite team, win. Other than that, I don't give a damn who you vote for, what T-shirt you wear, what knee you take, what position you do on the sideline, whatever. Fine. Right. Don't screw up with the ball. That's all I care about. Well, and and like I've said many times before, it's like I, typically. When I'm getting to the game to, or to watch the game on TV, yeah. it's kickoff. I know. I'm like, like yeah, okay, right, let's go. I, I will say, and I, we're going to move away from this in a minute because we got to crack the dumpster here in a second, but I, I will say that it's not lost on me 
that all of the domestic assault problems, which were not insignificant and remain not insignificant in the National Football League over the year, all the the problems with players who were just flat-out thugs. I mean, Plexico Burris, the guy who caught a Super Bowl-winning touchdown, shot himself in the leg in a nightclub. Right. Uh, Adam Jones could not go a week without getting arrested. Ricky Williams quit playing football because he liked smoking weed too much. Josh Gordon, same thing. Greg Hardy eventually bounced out of the league and is now an MMA fighter because he couldn't stop punching his wife in the face. Right. I mean, you have all of these guys with all of these serious problems in a lot of cases involved domestic assault to the point that the NFL rolled out that bizarre... Uh, you remember the, the the anti-domestic assault PSA they did with all right. the players yeah. like in the black and white room looking morosely at the camera going, "Hey, that's not cool." Right. And and they and they never took the the ration of crap. The worst guys in the league, the Greg Hardys, the Pac-Man Joneses. Uh, hell, man, Ray Carruth killed somebody, and they were like, oh, we're just going to pretend he was never here. Right. Um, never took the ration of social media shaming and woke nonsense that guys like Drew Brees did for saying, hey, I, I actually am not taking a knee because I think you know America is awesome. Right. You are a worse guy in the eyes of the Democrat media complex if you object to people disrespecting the flag than you are if you beat the crap out of your girlfriend. Or, or, or also... Not just the flag, but there's been people who are like, I'm not kneeling because I don't kneel before anybody but God. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, yeah, like me I said, too. absolutely. I put, but I put that in the same category as the guys who are kneeling. I'm like, I don't care what you do. Right. You are an NFL player. Right. My interest in you, because I don't know you personally, my interest in you is limited to football. Right. And it's not an insult. I don't, I'm not denigrating you as a human. I have no concept of what kind of person you are outside of football, but that's the only reason I know you. If you go out there and you aggressively make a point of informing me who you are outside of football, I'm still not going to care Right is the thing. But it's just, it's interesting as we start this next NFL season, I want you to watch this. The guys who are not part of the woke mafia are going to take more crap this season than the worst domestic abusers in the history of the league. Right. You know, because that's more important. I mean, they shamed Drew Brees into changing his tune. He's like, hey, I don't like kneeling for the flag or for the anthem. I think it's disrespectful. They went after him like he'd killed somebody's grandma. Right. Meanwhile, you can punch your girlfriend in the face and they'll be like, man, you shouldn't do that. And you're going to be suspended for four games. I'm like, they didn't lynch any of those guys in public. Right. But you would have thought Drew Brees had literally like sat up in a bell tower with a high powered rifle. So watch that this season. Watch how these guys behave, especially now that the woke mafia has subsumed the Democrat media complex. And that is something we will be getting into today. As Mikey, as we crack open the dumpster and see what the hell is stinking up the universe this week. We, it's faking the news. Yeah, man, it, it was. this was not a good week for the news media at all. And, of course, they finished the week with this bizarre Trump didn't want to go to Bellow Wood Cemetery story that that you cannot find a single human being willing to go on the record saying it's true. Right. And they're like, oh, it's true. Biden's already running ads about it. I'm right. like, well, I highly doubt, given the media's track record over the last 18 months, well, really four years, I highly doubt it's true. We've gotten to a point where the people that we're supposed to trust as the bringers to us of the things that are happening, which is what news is supposed to be. Right. 
I do not, I have gotten to the point now with most of them, I assume that they are either lying or just running Democrat Party talking points unless I hear it corroborated by somebody I trust. And with this story, this, this one particular, I haven't heard a single person that I consider trustworthy get even close to it. Right. And I'm like, you know, seriously, oh, he did a great, he was disrespectful of veterans. I have a hard time believing guys like Mattis, okay, who was in the administration, mm -hmm. Kelly, who was in the administration. You're talking about two hardcore Marines. Mm -hmm. These guys would not have stood for that. You, and neither one of them is out there. Yeah, especially there. Yeah, especially. And then the thing at Arlington. If he actually stood next to Kelly's kid's grave and said, you know, I don't know what this kid was doing, Kelly would have punched him in the face. Right. I, I know you're a Well, maybe not, but... Yeah, you because know, actually, as a Marine, Kelly would never violate the chain of command like that. These guys are pretty disciplined. Right. But still, I mean, if he said something like that, I guarantee you Kelly would have confirmed that to somebody, and he hasn't. And he won't, because I don't. I really honestly believe it didn't happen. That's just part and parcel of the news now. That's what we have to deal with now. Yep. All right. Uh, of course, we got uh, Pelosi's hair raising hypocrisy. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, and Mom, I'm going to earmuff you here for a minute. Mom, earmuffs, three, two, one. Nancy Pelosi is a dried-up old bitch. She really, and what a horrible thing to do. I, what a horrible thing to do. I mean, forget about the whole hair. I don't give a crap about the haircut. I really wouldn't have. Right. But what, you're going to default to sending the woke mafia to like nuke this woman's life? Screw you. Right. Screw you. Mm. And stronger message follows. We'll get back to it. Yep. Uh, turn on your gaslight. Oh my god. I don't know if you knew this, but the riots that are happening uh nationwide thanks to the Democrat media complex are both not happening and are also Trump's fault. That's that's this week's talking point. <laughs> I'm like that's amazing. Mostly peaceful. <laughs> that's amazing. That's the they're, one, they're, that's, they're, that's the one I love. Oh yeah, they're the mostly, mostly peaceful. peaceful. Mostly peaceful. It's like, yeah, you know, uh when they when we nuked Hiroshima it was mostly not destroyed, you know, this, the, the country of Japan. <laughs> That's I like, you know, the hurricane that went through Louisiana last week. I like people saying it was mostly breezy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> mostly, like, yes. breezy. It was mostly cloudy with a chance of, of 100 mile an hour winds. Yeah, but so there you go, man. Mostly peaceful. The gaslighting yep. continues. Yep. And uh, of course, kickoff 2020. Yeah, baby, we already talked about well, it. Football say, we, which is we've back. already kind of kicked it off. But I, hey. you, well, you knew you weren't going to keep me away from it because I, I just, oh, I, I knew so, I was. Well, you know, you go through this. This has been, I don't know about you. I don't know about those of you who are listening here on the last pod on the right. And if you are, I always encourage you to contact us either through the site at laststopontheright.com. Uh, you can Facebook group us. There is a Facebook group dedicated to this dumpster fire of a podcast and come check us out there of course our twitter feed is at last stop otr come on by well you know and it's uh i don't know if it's been the same for i think it has for a lot of people this has been i this i would go ahead and put this on my list of this possibly has been the worst year of my life it's been a, this has been a garbage ass year uh, yeah and uh uh you know it's you get to the end of the summer and it's just been awful just awful just you're losing games at every turn and football comes back and i know they've got all these goofy ass restrictions and they've got all these guys out there spending more time worrying about who's watching them kneel for the national anthem than you know where the receiver is on third and long right and crap like that and still i would it just because i don't care so i'm like just put it on okay just put the game on just go play i can sit through five minutes of social virtue signaling 
for the woke mafia or whatever. I can watch, you know, Kirk Herbstreet Saturday morning on ESPN College Game Day crying over how hard, you know, young uh, black men in the National Football League and college football have it. And I'm like, I've seen places in this world where they would literally thought think they had won the lottery if they had it as bad as the people he's talking about. Uh, and and I'm like, but I don't care. Okay, just get past right, it. Right, right. Give me That's the football. Exactly. Give me the football. That's right. all I'm asking for all season long. And I know most of the people that listen to this podcast, with the exception, for example, of our executive producer, my mother, who does not like football and is not interested in it. Right. Um, just we've got a lot of football. It's a conservative, obviously, program. And we're so we're not all like douchey soccer fans. You know, right. well, you know how the libs are always soccer fans, even though they and they always uh, they always call it football, even though none of them have ever been farther east than like the Hamptons. Right. And they're like, oh, I'm going to watch the football. Is there anything more annoying than one of these soy boy pajama onesie wearing liberal douchebags who talks about who calls soccer football? And anytime you bring up anything about American football, they always say you mean American football. You know, <laughs> I hate those guys, and they're no, and no, it's American no. dudes. They mean football and soccer. Okay, soccer. Yeah, I don't it's give a crap what they things. call it in in and, and I, Malawi you, or whatever. I, I, mean, I don't live know, there. You know, I like soccer, but it's fine. My I, nephew but, yeah, is, is not, one is an amazing young soccer player who is actually now playing college soccer. He's right, really good. Right. I will watch my nephew, but I would watch my nephew play chess. Once, well, so it doesn't really but, count. Yeah, but. I mean, if he wasn't I, out there, I, like I don't think it, but I'd watch I, it. But I'm not out there going. It's boring, dude. I, I, it takes too I, I, long. I got okay. If he say so. It's well, they play for 90 minutes. They score once, and then at the end of 90 minutes, they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, there's also the secret clock, so we have <laughs> we have no, more time." No. It turns out that the 90 minutes isn't really the actual length of the game. It's 90 minutes plus like plus there's the secret clock oh, yeah, here stop- comes the secret clock it's stoppage time it's stoppage time whatever here it comes we've got the we've got the special extra clock and Man, we're coming out it, so you're gonna it, watch it, five more minutes of the, the, dudes running it, up and down the field not it, scoring it's the referee he yeah, keeps the official the time on his you know, watch i have enough of i the, the stadium clock is just for the buffoons that are there. the worst yeah why, why would we want people watching a game to know how much time is left in the game and we can hide that from him that is literally the logic in soccer timekeeping yeah that clock up on the scoreboard we're totally lying to you see, okay it's, so it's you generally cannot. in the neighborhood football you're <laughs> Like, if there's two seconds left and this kick's got to be good, that means there's two seconds left and this kick's got to be good. In soccer, if there's two seconds left and they got to score, there might be eight more minutes left. But see, like, I was... But we're not telling you, stupid fans. (laughs) One of the many things I did in my past was I was a soccer referee. Well, I don't blame you for that. I I don't hold that against you. I refereed high school soccer for a while. Oh, my God. And, and, uh, but, hey, man, it was pretty good money. But but anyway, (laughs) at the time, you know... are they hiring? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like uh, my knees could withstand right, running up and out of soccer like, field. Like I could even walk out in the middle like, of the field. I'll be out of breath. But look, look legal from here. <laughs> but, but, but man, that's like don't don't take it away because that one guy. 
it's like his moment, you know. Right, he's like, got yeah. the official oh, time. The timekeeper is on the field with the with the secret clock. Here comes the secret <laughs> clock keeper. It's like a Harry Potter thing. I'm like, hey, you know what? What are you doing <laughs> out there? It turns out what you didn't know was there was a secret clock the whole time. It wasn't 10 seconds left in the game. It was four minutes. And then the real battle begins. And I'm like, well, didn't we just sit here for 90 minutes watching this? But that all having been said, my nephew, number three in your programs, number one in your hearts. <laughs> hey, he is a he is a college soccer player now. He I was, well, he was good well enough to get recruited and play. And I, but like I said, if that dude got recruited to play college tiddlywinks, I would be like, I'd be the guy in the stands with the cowbell. I don't even know how to play tiddlywinks. Be like, ah, get him. Tiddle his wink. You go, boy. <laughs> Whoa. I wouldn't even know what's happening. <laughs> Wait a minute. Winky his what? tiddle. I have no idea what's happening Wait, right here, you, but I am rooting for the kid on my t- on my side. You don't know how to play tiddle tiddly wings. Of all the little kid games that we I mean, I don't you know, you always had the little kid games that your parents keep you occupied. Right. With I mean, we, we were talking about them the other day. We've wandered right. a mile off the but you know what, kids, if you're listening for qual if you were listening to this for quality, well structured podcast fabulosity, <laughs> you you were you you were screwed up the moment you turned on this program. <laughs> but yeah, your mom, your parents always had the board games to keep you occupied. Right. Because, you know, otherwise you'd wreck stuff. Uh, we had uh, we had a lot of games that we played regularly. Tiddlywinks was never among them. I never, uh, I, I knew how to play shoots and ladders, but I never played it. We never and had it. See, that's a, that's a pretty little kid game, though. But see, my parents, my like my old man taught us to play cribbage when we were kids. So it was like stuff like that. Like we learned how to play adult games and that was smart of my parents. Not because, not because they were trying to, you know, keep us, you know, well, we should educate them on how to gamble more effectively as adults or whatever. But you know, that way the whole family could play. Cause I gotta be honest with you. If I'm my father and my father's a pretty cool guy, but you know, he's sitting there going, Oh God, I don't want to play. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, by, by, by the way, which is one of the board games I have in my closet at well, my apartment. You know what? But you know, he would. So he taught. But one of the cool things that my old man did is is he taught us. Yeah, you know, I've mentioned on the program before that they they made an effort, and do, you know, I'm not telling you how to raise your kids. And obviously, you know, they're plenty wrong with the way my parents raised me. Because look at me now. But one of the things they did that I thought was that looking back was super valuable was make that effort to introduce adult concepts to your kids that are not too adult. Yeah, you I, know, I get that. Uh, we knew what good music sounded like early enough. It wasn't constantly listening to nursery rhymes and annoying the little kitty shows from back then. We would they would take us to the music theater. You know, right. you would hear what good music being well played. I still have an affinity for opera and classical. I will occasionally put on Chopin in the background because my parents made the effort when I was a little kid to help me understand that this is what really good music sounds like. My, you know. my, my knowledge of opera comes from the Looney Tunes. No, I know, anyway. I know. But see, that was yeah. okay. It was like most of the kids I knew would be like, oh, yeah, that's that thing where, you know, Elmer Fudd's chasing Bugs Bunny and he's all sad because he accidentally Kill killed him. But at the same time, my parents would take me to see that stuff. They taught us to play things like cribbage. I knew how to play uh, blackjack and poker and cribbage and stuff like that when I was still fairly young. Granted, it was because my parents were trying to make, you know, it was something that they could do that we could all participate in that wouldn't make the old man want to go upstairs and pound a half a bottle of gin. Right. 
Because, you know, I don't know if you've ever played a game of Risk with a bunch of nine-year-olds, but I can imagine if you're in your 40s, that's pretty bad. That's a bad rainy day right there. Saying I have daughters, so no, I don't. I've played played games with them like Sorry and stuff like that, but no, they're not. They're not annoying boys. No. Well, the moment the that three, they the could, three you three idiots that yeah, your parents had. I mean, of course, <laughs> well, we were a debacle from the beginning. They were basically just hanging on. All right, so we got to get into a few things here. I wanted to start with this because uh, uh, you know, and you mentioned it at the top of the program, obviously. But uh, I wanted to start with this particular talking point once we got through all the other crap all up, just because. I find it fascinating to see how fast it's happening now. Here we are. We are two months from Election Day. Mm-hmm. All right, We are almost exactly two months from Election Day now. The media, the Democrat media complex is devolving like, uh, you know, have you ever, did you ever watch that show Criminal Minds? Uh, no, uh, really. it, was, it was one of those police procedurals. They always right. had all the serial killer BAU jargon in there. So, you know, it was always in the form of... Uh, of uh, um, you know, it was over explaining things to you. So you would just, you know, have a sense of what was going on. But they would always talk about devolving, you know, a killer getting starting to kill people faster, and faster because he's losing control of his personality. What you're seeing with these guys now is full on. They're spiraling out of control. This week, the big story, of course, was that Trump was disrespectful to veterans at Bellowood Wood and he wouldn't go to the funeral thing or the uh, the commemorative ceremony over in France. And he was at Arlington and said terrible things about Vietnam, uh, guys that died in Vietnam. And they and Biden is already running ads about this. Biden, who, by the way, has precisely the same service record that Trump has. Right. I'll point that out. Yeah. Before you start going, well, Trump never served. Yeah. Trump didn't serve. Okay, what was his excuse? Bone spurs or some nonsense? His excuse was rich guy. Come on. I mean, yeah, you know, even if you're like full on Republican, MAGA, whatever, we need to be honest with each other here, kids. Trump's excuse for not going to Vietnam was rich guy. Right. Biden's excuse for not going to Vietnam, what was his asthma? Rich guy. Right. He had he, he white manned himself out of it is what he did. Right. His their families white peopled them out of combat service. Didn't didn't Trump it get, like go to military school? Yeah, but yeah. military school. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that just hey, means you hey. have to. Let's be honest about what military school, secondary <laughs> military schools, really are. They're reformatories for kids that need to be straightened out. <laughs> Mama and daddy don't want to mess with you. Are you going to military school? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, military school is not service. Right. You did not no. serve your country. No, just because you I had. Was, it was always the threat from my parents: is if you don't act right, you're going to military yeah, school. Just because you faced demerits if you didn't make your bed as effectively as possible on Friday morning at 6 a.m. does not mean you face the fire in, in you know, <laughs> right. truck dong or whatever. It didn't happen. Right. <laughs> well, it's more military experience. Well, but I'm though, just saying, but... <laughs> neither one of them did. But they're out there and they're hammering Trump for this. He doesn't respect the veterans. Trump hates veterans. Trump doesn't care about the, he said this about Bella Wood and he said this about Vietnam. He didn't say any of it. He didn't. None of this stuff happened. It's just another example of the Democrat media complex. And it's not like this is the first time we've seen them do this even recently. It's actually accelerating. They are, instead of learning lessons from repeatedly going with these unsourced, obviously made up by the DNC stories that fall apart as quickly as they come, they're just, they're actually doing it faster. You would think they would learn. You would think the Steele dossier debacle. 
the whole, the absolute implosion of the Trump-Russia narrative. You think that would have taught him a lesson? Nope, nope. Stormy Daniels taught him a lesson? Nope, didn't teach him a lesson. How many times have we seen this? And here we are two months from the election, and they, the party that used to go by Walter Reed to heckle injured veterans who came back from Iraq. They're out there saying Trump doesn't respect veterans. I'm like, no, yeah. Because when I think support for the military, I think the party of Ilhan Omar. Exactly. And remember, Ilhan Omar was on the side of the people. during. Have you ever seen Black Hawk Down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bad guys in that movie, Ilhan Omar is on was on the, is on is their side. Right. Okay? She's in the U.S. House of Representatives now. So go ahead and tell me how Trump doesn't respect the military and you do. Right. Spare me. But again, it's they just, they can't learn. It's, it's incredible. Trump has broken these people. We've talked before here at the last pod on the right, and I've mentioned in other forums on more than one occasion, that they don't, a lot of this is is Trump himself. <clears throat> they have never encountered a guy at this level who isn't already a professional politician and they don't know how to respond to him. And I'm not suggesting that there are other there aren't other professional politicians who haven't owned their asses because there have. Ronald Reagan, very professional politician. I know he used to be an actor before that. Dude was a full on pro. Right. They just he was just too good. Right. He was like the Wayne Gretzky of politicians. The guy was just so good. It was like you knew what he was going to do, and he did it anyway, and there was nothing you could – people would love him for it. When, when, when there was a group called the Reagan Democrats, yeah. that should kind of tell you something. I mean, the dude – I remember – I just remember 84. I wasn't old enough to vote in that election, but I remember that election. I vaguely remember him beating Carter. I was pretty young. Right. I think I was nine. Yeah, I remember it. So I remember it vaguely. I remember there was this goofy guy with the big choppers from Georgia who seemed like kind of a dumbass. I know he wasn't academically, but seemed like kind of a dumbass on TV. And I remember Reagan just making him look like cousin Jethro come to town. And then 84, I remember I remember that one because it was like, oh, man, Walter Mondale picked Geraldine Farrell. This is going to be amazing. And out comes Reagan. He's like, yeah, that's nice. Thunk. And. <laughs> And basically dragged him up to the roof of the building and threw him off. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Did the, <laughs> did the elbow drop from the top rail? I mean, it was like the most <laughs> electrifying move in politics entertainment. What a beatdown that was. And then you look as you go forward from there. But these guys have a tendency to behave in certain ways. Even the most accomplished current conservatives. Guys who have maintained a high profile and have developed real power around this. Guys like Mitch McConnell. Guys like Ted Cruz. They still behave in a fairly predictable way. The Democrat media complex does not and has not learned. No, has not learned how to deal with Trump. This guy is so good at that game. Mm-hmm. They're just hel- they're helpless. So they just start making crap up because again, the average liberal media, you know, the average antifa terrorist, the average woke mafioso, you know, they're morons. Right. So they believe whatever they're told on CNN. They're like, oh, yeah, it sounds true. And it's they're preaching to the choir. Now, I don't know if you've seen this. According to polling numbers, and we talked about this at length last week, 
that I don't know, and it's not just because I don't believe the polling organizations because liberals and blah, 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 and they're going to lie. I don't believe the current polling numbers for the same reason I didn't believe them in 2016. And I mentioned this last week here at the last pot on the right. I honestly believe that there is a gross undersampling taking place because people will not be honest with pollsters. Because if you say I'm a Trump supporter, you're racist. Yeah, you're you don't want to deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we've gotten to the point now. If you put a Trump sign out front of your house, start counting the minutes until they steal it, deface it and, and potentially worse right they are now trying to kill people and in some cases they are killing people the democrat party's so-called antifa terrorists and their blm accomplices are now actively murdering people for being trump supporters right okay that's all actually happening and we're gonna get into this in a second because the gaslighting going on to cover up this fact is beyond belief and another aspect of this. But these guys are out there and there's CNN. CNN is reporting that Trump hates veterans. And then all the Antifa goons are out to go, oh, did you hear that? I knew I was right to hate him. I'm going to go burn down another CVS or whatever. Right. And I'm like, look what they're doing. The, uh, the polling numbers in real life are closing. Okay, the, the polling numbers that they're giving you are beginning to close. Trump is now pulling even with Biden in Pennsylvania. Trump wins Pennsylvania. This The whole show's over. Because right. if he wins Pennsylvania, that means he probably wins Ohio and Michigan again, too. Possibly Wisconsin. Possibly Florida. I mean, that's a domino effect that the Democrats cannot face. Now, you could talk about why Biden can't pull away despite all this effort and, and say it's because Biden is clearly suffering with advancing dementia. Uh, Biden is clearly not mentally or psychologically up to the challenges of running a campaign, much less being the president. That's obvious. Okay. What I'm telling you is it's beyond that because the left has become a, a pure hate machine. If you are not one of them, they not only hate you, not only wish you were dead, but might even at this point be willing to kill you to make the point. Yep. Either you're with us or you're against us. Yeah, well, you know what? That's not what I would call an effective uh, campaign strategy, though. You know, Biden-Harris 2020, vote for us or die. Right. You know, I mean, well, not so much. But, you know, you see this happening, this gaslighting where they're telling Trump did this, Trump did that, Trump. We have it from multiple sources close to the administration. If you don't see anybody willing to go on the record now four days, five days past that story, then you know. It's crap. Right. That's the lesson that they've taught the American public. They don't seem to get it. They're like, oh, no, we're going to keep doing it with more with with increasing frequency. At this point, there is not an intelligent human being left in America that thinks CNN is a legitimate news source. Right. At this point, there is not an intelligent human being left in America that watches something on MSNBC or reads it in the New York Times that thinks, I don't need to check up on this. I'm sure all the information is here. Right. Which goes to the next aspect of, of the last pot on the right here and I, from our Segway department. Yeah. The mostly peaceful protests that are literally tearing our country apart. This And let me make this abundantly clear, kids. This is an active operation being conducted against you by the Democrat Party. Okay, the so-called Antifa terrorists, those are the Occupy kids. It's the same guys they always use. Okay, Um, whether it's them, whether it's the uh, 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 the BLM thugs who stopped caring about black lives the moment they started looting the target. 
Right. Yeah, because I can tell you, George Floyd is, there's no justice for George Floyd in the electronics section at Walmart. Yeah, but I got a 65-inch TV. Well, I know. You got you a 65-inch TV, yo. You can watch everything in high def, and that is awesome. And brother, I do not begrudge you that. You go get that big TV. Why not, right? I'm taking this TV home because I got caught by the TV, by the, the news crew. I'm going to watch it on TV. I'm going to watch myself on the TV. This is going to be awesome. I don't, you know, hey, fine. Listen, if you live in, in, in Minneapolis or Portland or one of these godforsaken California stand towns or Seattle or Baltimore, basically any one of the towns that the Democrats have turned into Venezuela, I, I I couldn't tell somebody no. Don't go loot the Target. That's inappropriate. You know what the hell else do they have to do with their time? <laughs> My hope with most of the Democrat Party's stormtroopers at this point is, you know what? Go ahead, get the TV. Try not to set too many fires on the way home to watch yourself on television, and stop trying to kill armed conservatives because ain't no way that's going to work out for you. Nope. As a couple of guys learned. In Kenosha, Wisconsin. And they're trying to make that kid. Boy, they are trying to lynch that kid now. Mm-hmm. I say it, I'm going to say it again. Free Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rittenhouse is defending himself. Kyle Rittenhouse should face charges for being a 17-year-old with a firearm across state lines. And that's it. That's it. He acted in self-defense. It is clear from every video I have seen that the Democrats, so-called Antifa terrorists, were the aggressors, were actively trying. They even said they were trying to kill him. Right. I'm like, yeah, he shot him. Good. It's a damn shame that people keep having to die. Right. It seems I I am really sick of the total lack of respect for just basic life that has become part and parcel with politics. But hey, man, if if the Democrats come to my house and try to murder me, there gonna be fewer Democrats before that's over with. Right. And I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that it came to that. I'm sorry that they, they made the choices that put themselves in a position where Kyle Rittenhouse had no choice other than to shoot or die. But I'm not sorry that that they're dead. It's that the world's not a worse place with fewer Antifa thugs in it. Right. <laughs> right. That's the if you can't rehabilitate them, if you can't take a Democrat who is as benighted as some of these idiots have become and dangerous and violent because their overlords are telling them it's not only acceptable but desirable to be that way, then you are not a benefit to the species. I would prefer if we could rehabilitate you, but if not, get the hell off the planet. Yeah. Just go. Because you're you're nothing. You're bad for the world. And I think that's really, I think you're starting to see that. Because they spent all week telling us, oh, these are mostly people. Well, I've actually been doing it for two weeks. They had their convention. Remember, Obama was up there. Mostly peaceful protesters. And I'm like, literally half the city of Portland is gone. Okay? You can't go to a city that is under pervasive Democrat control now and expect to be safe. You just can't. Right. Okay? But mostly peaceful. I mean, I I don't know what all peaceful would be. I guess no violence. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine what dangerous would be. Because if this is mostly peaceful, can you imagine what mostly violent must look like? Talk about Venezuela. Chicago. I was going to say Chicago (laughs) or Kabul, Afghanistan. (laughs) Right. I mean, everybody's got a gun and everybody's shooting. And it's like, I thought you guys were all gun free. Man, there's nothing about a Democrat, about Democrat control of your city that's good for you. No, we know that. Well, you certainly learned it now because, you know, it's crushing. Here's what voting Democrat at the municipal level gets you. Crushing poverty and violence. Right. And that's it. And that's all you get. That's all you get. The rich people will live in their little neighborhoods. Speaking of the rich people in Chicago, I got such a kick out of Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who has blamed the Democrats' deliberate incitement and support of these riots on Trump, of course. 
she's out there and, and she's like, well, I, she's got police protection for her block. She's like, well, I need to be she, safe. I'm like, she, yeah, I'll bet you do. She, she looks like morning breath. <laughs> she sorry. looks like morning breath. <laughs> if, I, if morning breath had to have a picture, <laughs> it would be Lightfoot. You look like you smell. You look like you smell bad. But seriously, man, you watch these people and watch the way they behave. And of course, they all live like kings and queens. And the rest of us have to sit there. And I'm just wondering about the wisdom of this tack going after Trump like this. Because not only are you galvanizing support for the guy, but I would also point out that what, and this is literally, let me, let me lay this out for you here. Last pod on the right. Little little exclusive here. I want you. I want you to think about where we are right now. The according to the Democrat media complex narrative, President Trump is has in the last couple of months secretly ventured around the world. Okay, he secretly went to China and developed the the uh, the the COVID. Okay, mm-hmm. that's his fault. They say that's his fault. Right. So he went to China. China, I guess, did not know he was there. Went to a Wuhan lab and developed a killer virus. Right. Brought it back. Okay, so he did that. He is behind all the violence in the American cities. So he's been secretly escaping the White House, evading his own security uh, detail, and going to places like Portland and Kenosha, often on the same night. Right. Setting fires, shooting at people, rioting, whatever. He's doing all this stuff. They are now telling us all of this stuff is his fault, but it's also not happening. I'm like, okay, so you're giving Donald Trump Trump credit for being uh, capable of traveling to places as far flung as Kenosha, Wisconsin and Wuhan, China. And not only doing all of this stuff, but convincing people it's not happening. You sure you want to pick a fight with this guy? (laughs) I said, what does that sound like to you? I'm like, that's a superhero. No doubt. That's not a person that's, you know, going to lose an election. That's that's freaking, that's like Green Lantern in the White House. I'm like, he teleported himself halfway across the country. According to the latest narratives, the dude has been in both Kenosha, Wisconsin and Portland, Oregon on the same night because it's his fault that all this stuff is happening. I'm like, you and, and oh, by the way, global warming is also his fault. I'm like, do you, are you sure you want to pick a fight with this dude? No doubt. This dude created a, a global pandemic, uh, a, cla- a, a Category 4 hurricane, and multiple riots in multiple cities all at the same time. He's been hanging out with Bill and Ted, I think. Now, if you don't <laughs> think that sounds right, if you're sitting there going, that, that doesn't sound right, that's because it's not. But right, that's actually right. what the Democrats are telling you right now. If you boil their narrative down, you actually have to be willing to believe that is true. I mean, it's like this is the dumbest Neil Diamond cover ever. Turn on your gas light. <laughs> do, do, do. Let it shine wherever you riot. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Wait, who doesn't love Neil Diamond, dude? Bad people. That's who doesn't love Neil Diamond. <laughs> no, come on now. You can't not love Neil Diamond. Don't even. I, I, I'm okay. Love on the rocks. Ain't no surprise. Come on, man. The dude was like, the guy was one of the great all-time sit at the bar with a drink singers. See, I I don't mind him. I don't uh, mind. I don't mind Barry Manilow either. Can't, believe you it or can't, not, you can't not like Barry Manilow. You're allowed to not like. You're allowed to like Barry Manilow. Is my feeling right? But I don't apologize for crap. I like just that. don't wear his clothes. So, well, no. But like, if somebody's like, dude, you like that guy? I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. He sing his ass I, off. I'm I like, like, yeah, I don't care. I like a lot of music. I like show tunes. I mean, yeah, I know what all the stereotypes are, and I'm like, well. I'm, 
I guess that means we're not going to be friends. You know, yep. <laughs> it's like, well, so, yeah. <laughs> that having been said, okay, want to get to some other stuff here and remind everybody, of course, you are listening to the last pod on the right here at laststopontheright.com. And of course, through our good friends at NPR style, <clears throat> America's podcast network. This is KLRN radio. Net. Uh, check us out on the web at laststoponthewright.com. On Facebook, the Last Stop on the Right Facebook group is open and operational, and our Twitter feed is at Last Stop OTR. That's at Last Stop OTR. Hey, quick note, by the way, uh, Tony in Michigan, the winner of last week's Caption This contest, he came up with a winner. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a sight gag, so I'm not going to try and subject you to it here on the podcast. But don't forget, check out our Facebook group because there's a new one up there. There's a new one up there most weekends. It'll be cool. And if you win, if you come up with the best caption, then you get mentioned on this program. Oh, I, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm trying to get people to do more of it. <laughs> like They're like, oh, I was going to go do it, but uh, I don't want to be we're, on your we're still, we're still sending the imaginary t-shirts too, right? Oh, as long as they Boxes pay. of imaginary t-shirts. Long, when you consider they... the made-up and invented crap that we have here, we have so much fake garbage, we are like CNN up in here. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh... my closet is like Brian Stelter's office at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so big news, Michael. I don't know if you heard about this. I know you heard about the overall story, but I don't know if you heard this. The real danger to America is no longer the alt-right. It's alt-hair. <laughs> That's right. The hair industrial complex is coming to get the Democrats. Right. It's a setup. Is that the dumbest story we've had? I mean, I mean, I, all of it's been dumb because it's like, God, I can see right through this. But really, what? And let me ask this question. What the hell kind of person defaults to gets caught with something like didn't even have to be that big a deal? It's like, uh, nobody is surprised. Of course, Nancy Pelosi's a blazing hypocrite. She's a liberal. She is a high ranking liberal. It defines the left. Rules for thee, but not for me. That is one of the defining tenets of liberalism. I mean, go read a freaking Orwell novel, for God's sake. It's all right in there. We live like kings and queens, and, and you have to eat mud pies, but it's for the best, for the people. Right. Right? So Pelosi goes to this hair salon, gets her hair done, blows off the mask requirements that in press conferences before and after that appointment, she said, if you're not wearing a mask, you're a terrible person, whatever, but there she is. Just flouting the rules she says are going to save the universe because like all Democrats, she's a braying hypocrite. When it goes south on her, rather than just be like, all right, you know what, I screwed up because it's nobody was going to care. I was not going to care because I don't really give a crap what Nancy Pelosi's beauty regimen is like. Okay, she kind of freaks me out a little bit. Uh, she was a very attractive woman when she was younger, much like Hillary Clinton. We are years past me wanting to know what they do to make them look like that. Right. Okay. Put them all up. All of these, are, I put them in the same categories, people like Cher. I'm like, yeah, 30, 40 years ago, you were a real peach. Now you look like a zombie of a peach. <laughs> Okay, I mean, let's be honest. These right. are not normal-looking women. They've done way too much to themselves, and it doesn't look... Nancy Pelosi is terrifying-looking at this point. Yes. Fine, go do whatever you want. The average liberal is not going to care because you could literally eat a human child on TV, and then the CNN would tell you why it had to be done because Nancy cares about America. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine, you know. Right. So nobody would have cared. No, she could She could have told me that she offered $10,000 to this salon owner, and she said, all right, fine, I will. 
And I went and got my hair done. It went. Okay, that's cool. She defaulted to destroy the salon owner. Right. These are people who are barely hanging on from a business perspective because of the rules that she demands we abide by, that she also demands that she be allowed to flout. Right. But her default position was go public and destroy this woman. Mm-hmm. This hair salon owner in San, in San Francisco, okay? This isn't some somebody owns a barber shop in some red state somewhere. Right. I guarantee you, this is another McCluskey. They turned another. They've turned another Democrat into a Republican. <laughs> yep. Nice work, but uh, uh, exactly what do we think was happening there? I mean, the instinctive move to just be like, "Oh, oh, that, I'm getting yelled at," so destroy her. Right. If it's no big deal, why deploy the woke mafia? How is that your default position? Supposedly one of the most powerful women. You're supposedly one of the most powerful human beings on the planet. You're bringing your considerable offensive uh, capabilities to bear on a hairstylist, a salon owner. Right. And I'm like, really? Let's go ahead and put this to rest right now. Answer one question. Who called who? Yeah, no doubt. If Pelosi made the appointment, and I guarantee you when Nancy Pelosi calls to get her hair did, she doesn't ask. She tells. Right. Okay, you know what women like that are like. Right. If Pelosi made the phone call, then the whole conversation is academic. Right. If Pelosi didn't make the phone call, you got a new problem. She got duped by a hairstylist. (laughs) She actually was set up. The hairstylist mafia, I guess, sat down and said, what can we do to get Nancy Pelosi? Right. I know. We'll get her in here. We'll give her a blowout. We'll and then we'll we'll leak the video, and that'll get her. I'm like, nobody's doing that. Nobody has time to do that crap. Nancy Pelosi doesn't. She may be one of the most powerful women in the world, or whatever, but she doesn't. I don't. People that are barely getting by don't spend this much time wondering what can I do to get Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. But if if she's if Pelosi's right, then she got played by a, a hair salon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, good job there. Like, that should that, worry you a little bit, I feel so like. you won't run in the country, isn't it? Yeah, okay, big hair. She got beat by big hair, but I'm sure she can handle Putin. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, so we're going to run short on time here. I just want to remind everybody, go ahead again and check us out on the web at laststopontheright.com. And, of course, uh, check out America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio Net. Uh, but seriously, though, you look at the way they've handled this week in total. You're like, okay, they're now telling you that the riots that you are watching are both not happening and simultaneously Trump's fault. Right. Okay. They are telling you that it is, there has never been a harder time to be a black person in America. There has never been a harder time to be a woman in America, but then at the same time, when Tim Scott and Nikki Haley get up at the Republican National Convention, they call them, they they throw racial epithets at them. Right. They called Herschel Walker and Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. I would like to see some CNN, you know, anchor monkey, talking hairstyle, call Herschel Walker and Uncle Tom to his face. Yeah, no doubt. That, I would want, I don't... I'm not like a lot of these guys. I don't live and die on on you know breaking down everything the left wing media does. I would like I would tune into CNN to watch Tater Boy Stelter call Herschel Walker 
an Uncle Tom to his face. Right. Okay. So that's one aspect of it. They've got that going on. Trump apparently has evil superpowers, but also is an idiot. That's another aspect of it. Uh, Pelosi with this hairstyle thing didn't even have to be a, that big a deal, but it's like, oh, she has pissed off the queen. Destroy her. Right. And I like, look at what these people are doing. We are now. Uh, uh, we are now inside two months to election day, and it's 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 like Jesus God. What the hell are you people doing? Do you even, and your and your nominee is a dude who can barely finish a sentence without drooling. Right. And he's backed up by a woman who absolutely hates him. Right. Speaking of gaslighting, back remember back when the Kamala Harris called him a segregationist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't heard anybody talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Kamala Harris also said that she believed his accusers when it came to the sexual predation. Haven't heard any of that either. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was out of blue there. Uh, by and large, by and large, though, I mean, you look at it and be like, well, what is going on with these people? And say, well, here's where they have put themselves. I'm not sympathetic, though. Uh-uh. My worry is this, and this goes to something that we've talked about here on the last pod on the right before, inspired by our executive producer, my mom. The good guys see this, the real good guys, the smart, good people, the kind of people whom you would say, oh man, I'm glad, I'm glad she ran. I'm glad he ran. Right. You know, they see this. They see Trump being accused of almost impossible feats of evil. Right. They also see Trump acting kind of like a jackass fairly often. Right. Okay. They see the Democrats just inventing crap out of thin air and then telling their little woke mafia, if anybody objects, go burn down their house, even if they're in it. Right. If you are a smart, thoughtful, intelligent, decent human being and you have any kind of family, why would the hell would you go anywhere near any of this? No, hell no. I mean, here we are. We're coming up to election day in less than two months. And once again, you've got a guy that is unpalatable running as an incumbent against a guy who is unacceptable. Right. That's what they've offered you. Never once has any has it occurred to any of these people that maybe allowing our movement to be identified by, on the right, a crude, artless showman who is a very effective administrator of the job, but is essentially unlikable as a person. I mean, come on, let's talk honestly about well, Donald Trump. That right? We've said it many times. On the other side, you've got a dude who is struggling and not doing a very good job struggling with onset of dementia, backed up by a shrieking harpy who hates him, and a part, representing a party that is now openly at violent war with all of us. Mm-hmm. Those are what you're being offered. None of these people have even addressed the elephant in the room, which is that the average American can no longer identify with any of them. Nope. I'm putting that out there, and you might be like, well, I've been, when was the last time you could really identify with a presidential candidate? you be like, well, you know what? I always kind of identify with George W. Bush. I didn't like everything about him politically. <clears throat> I hack into the microphone. But at the very least, you, you, George W. Bush was not offensively like aggressive about stupidity or meanness or, or whatever. Right. You know, and it was like, he's a baseball fan. He's a football fan. I'm a baseball fan and a football fan. Right. You know, he likes to go outside and, and, you know, work on stuff in the yard on the weekends. I like to do that. Right. You know, he likes to, you know, he, he's, he, 
he's a regular he was a regular cat in a lot of ways. Mm. There's nothing about Donald Trump that is relatable to anyone outside his family. And there is nothing about Nancy Pelosi that is relatable to anyone outside her family. There is nothing about Biden, about Harris, about any of these people. They are, it's not just the political class now. We are bordering on them. It's becoming like a separate species almost. You know, John Edwards, who was as big a buffoon and a slime as has disgraced American politics in the last 20 years. I mean, you want to talk about a pig. Right. That guy was garbage. Right. And that was, that's just because of the usual personal injury lawyer nonsense, because they're just the worst people in the profession. Right. But, I mean, also a total slime bag. He did used to make a point about two Americas. He was talking about the rich and the poor in the usual Democrat style, where as long as he's one of the rich guys, he loves talking about it. Right. But it's not. It's not about wealth and poverty anymore. The Republicans are becoming the party of blue-collar America. Okay? The Democrats are becoming the party of of uber-rich Hollywood stars and worthless Antifa thugs. Right. None of these people are relatable in any way anymore. And the guys and the women that you would want to run are increasingly going, man, I don't know if I want it. We joke about here on the program, be like, man, wouldn't, won't Nikki Haley be an amazing presidential candidate in 2024? Won't Tim Scott be an amazing presidential candidate in 2024? You know, all, of course, you're not hearing this from the, the left anymore because they still like the white people, apparently. Right. You know, Democrats are all about racial equality, except when it comes to, you know, they had Obama, and I, I feel like they, they're like, well, we did the we did the black guy the one time. Right. So what's the problem? Right. You know, our buddy, uh, last stop OG, Hut, P, made the point this week that for all of the bluster, and he this is an excellent point that he made. Now, he is a political scientist by nature, so he made an excellent point, though. All of the bluster from all of the outlets, the good ones, the bad ones, the smart ones, the dumb ones, none of them are focusing on the real issue, which is that both parties have, once again, despite all the talk, you've got your your president, your incumbent, and your candidate from the, the opposition party, average age, 78, yep. white, old, white guys, after all the bluster, same thing again. Here we are. Everybody is lying to you. Everybody is gaslighting to you. None of these people can identify with you or even particularly care about you. Well, America, what are you going to do about it? You know? And my response is, at this point, I'm going to watch football. I hear you. Why not, man? I'm not. What am I going to do? You know? I mean, yeah, the last part on the right. We have we have some listeners, and we love our listeners. Okay, the hog, Denny and Linda, uh, um, obviously Hut, comma P, you know, uh, sweet Jimmy Apollo and the Soto Boys and, and Nathan up there behind enemy lines in New England, people down in Florida, all over the place. We love all of you. We do. And I think it's so cool that you listen. And I hope that you take the things that I say seriously. My parents, obviously. Your mom, obviously. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, here we are. We're wrapping up the podcast. And you know what I'm thinking about doing right now? I'm watching football. I'm watch I mean, football, yeah, I man. could get back on Twitter and do some more politicking or whatever. I could write. I had lots of great lines for this week that we didn't even get into. Man, I got chicken to throw on the grill. Yeah, I'm like, come on, you know what? <laughs> Fine. You people don't care about me. Why should I care about you? I will show up in November. I will do. I will vote for the people I think will, are most. Actually, let me let me close it out this way. And I think, you know, as I as I mentioned our executive producer one more time, because she, as I've mentioned, has given up. 
she's politics right, are right, done in America. Right. But for my mom, I would say this. Uh, I, for the first time in my life this fall, will be casting a ballot based on who I can think will do the least amount of damage. Uh-huh. Not a good sign for the Republic when that's actually entering your thinking. <laughs> nope. All right, my friends, we have run short on time here. We are so glad that all of you joined. If I missed your name during our little name checkorama there, doesn't mean I don't love you. Don't forget to check us out. Facebook, the caption contest. Go enter. You can win free imaginary stuff. So check out the last stop on the right on Facebook. Check out our website, laststoponthewright.com. Check us out on the Twitters at laststopotr. And as always, check out the vastly superior offerings to this dumpster fire of a podcast on America's Podcast Network, KLRNRadio.net. I am Ben Crystal. Bitch, set me up. Ah, what's up, Marion Barry? <laughs> My I'm man. Mike Abel. Make it a return. I like it. And this has been the last pod on the right. Until next week, y'all. Keep it in the short grass. We out. <laughs>